0: So hello and welcome to the third episode of the VCD Roundtable. We are end of July. Hopefully we get the release out this time a bit faster. We get faster from release to release. Um, if you wanna follow us, subscribe to the channel, etc. You can do so on most of the modern podcast platform, whether it's Apple, Spotify, etc. If you go to www.vcdroundtable.com. Or you can find our YouTube channel where you can also subscribe to the video feed of this um, podcast and that's also the place where you can actually send us any questions uh, in regards to any of the sessions. We are not only writing end of July, we are also finally uh, able to talk about um, the Cloud Director Release 10.3, which is going to be the main topic of today. We didn't get any further questions in the lab from the last session. So that's going to be our main topic. But before we head into that, even though we are not yet complete, we hope the others are going to join. Let's start with a quick round of introduction. Who is who and what's your role? Let's start with Jörg, who skipped the last episode. Yeah, so I'm I'm a technical product manager in VMware's Cloud Director
1: team. Toby, yeah, hi. My name is Tobias. I'm part of the com division and mainly related for NSX stuff. Romain,
2: yeah, hi. I'm Romain Decker. I'm a technical product manager, also in the same team as York, uh, where I cover mainly everything networking. And Matthias.
3: This is Matthias, also Division, all around Cloud Director and Automation.
0: Wonderful. And my name is again is Yves Sanford, and I'm also part of the division team and working on the overall architecture. So mid of July, uh, finally, 10.3 of Cloud Director hit the shelf, or it doesn't hit the shelf anymore. It actually just hits the MyWMware Homepage, and then you can start downloading and implementing it. Um, it has a set of new features, uh, primarily, quite a few of them are all around the uh, networking space. So we cover uh, some of them. But um, before we get into some of the networking features, I wanted to cover some of the, the other high-level ones. So one of them is um, a better Kubernetes integration. So we have um, more support for native tens Kubernetes clusters and using them in combination with the NSXT data center group objects, which we have as part of VCD, and a few other enhancements on that side. Um, Other than that, we also have um, some orchestrator improvements, which uh, I think we decided that Jörg is going to quickly cover what's going to work again or actually is improved. Yeah, so there are
4: um, two changes relating to the um, VRO integration into the VCD service library. Um, So you remember within Cloud Director, there's a um, library section in the tenant portal that can be used um, by a provider to offer well, first of all, um, catalog items, of course. So we have catalog, but you can also publish VRO workflows into the service library. And then um, tenant users can like request services by um, in this menu. And then, technically, an orchestrated workflow is going to be kicked off in the back end. And this functionality, um, I think, was introduced in 9.1, ECD 9.1. And um, now, it technically has been moved into well, one of the UI plugins of the cloud um, uh, director portal. So you can now enable and disable that or publish or unpublish the whole plugin for uh, on a per-tenant base, which gives you a bit better, of better granularity um, to offer these services on a, a per-tenant base. And then there have been some uh, maintenance going on as well because with um, VR08, um, orchestrated changed a bit the APIs for mainly for the input presentation. So that's um, for all the parameters that whoever starts the workflow, so the tenant user who requests a service in the portal has to fill in these input um, parameters. And some of these presentation options uh, were not supported um, by VCD in past, and that should work now um, in the same way as, well, backwards compatibility with uh, VRO 7. So all the workflows, and if you are still using VRO 7, uh, that all should work as uh, and continue to work as expected. With that said, there is one um, thing that um, did not yet get updated. Um, that is uh, planned for the next release, which is the, VRO, uh, the VCD plugin in VRO. So the way how um, VRO can talk back to VCD, um, that is still the same version that has been out there um, since 10.01, I, I think. Um, so it does um, support the latest version as well, because of the um, VCD API backwards compatibility. So when you use VCD and VRO um, in this context, always, of course, check the compatibility metrics and the footnotes in there. Um, But now the input presentation, at least, um, should work for VRO 8 as well.
3: Okay. So
0: uh,
3: And what I would like to add at this point, Jörg, is because the release notes of 10.3 clearly says with the newest API version, which is 37, uh, which is currently an alpha build, the old slash API slash session login method won't be supported any anymore. Um, so again, the release notes said it for, I don't know how many times since uh, VCD 10 and I think API version 33 or 31, that this old authentication method is deprecated and with a uh, version 37, it will be gone. So just make sure that you change the login for uh, logging off auth- and authentication mechanism for the REST calls to the new um, cloud API or open API provided tenant and provider supported API calls.
4: Yeah, that follows the same sort of API um, deprecation model that we have for VCD. Um, so as you mentioned, it has been deprecated I, since a few versions now. So typically you get like um, one, one and a half years of time to update your clients who talk to the VCD
0: API. Great. Thank you. And Matthias, this doesn't actually allow you to move back to uh, VRO 7 now. Although, although pardon I
3: said me,
0: that you could actually, in theory, go back to 7 again, but
3: that's not an option. No, the thing is, the thing is, uh, with uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, the, um, the interoperability metrics changed and VRO 8.3 patch one, thanks to your, is currently supported even with uh, vcd 10.2.x and 10.1 and vro 8.3 patch one is highly stable and i recommend upgrading to um, that version i can add the build number to the chat window or something else or even better if the build number is now popping up here in the video
0: it's not popping up there in the video especially as it doesn't help people with the podcast uh, we will put it in the comment section of the video later on, because then people can also click on it and don't have to type it, uh, because that's the other disadvantage with some of the VMware links is they just become very long. Um, so um, we will we will cover that. Another thing which we found out, uh, we found that already uh, during beta time, but um, confirmed it's it's there for the final release, is one of the changes for the appliances, and I know people are going to love it, as well as ha- some people are going to hate it, as always, is something has changed on the certificate side. Uh, Toby, I think you spent quite a bit of time playing around with
1: that. A little bit. Uh, yes, finally, the Java Keystore is dead, uh, So we don't need to uh, utilize the Java Keystore anymore for bringing in the um, console uh, certificate and the web uh, certificate, we can now utilize the cell management tool. And inside the cell management tool, we now have the ability to utilize our certificate uh, uh, in a PAM formatted uh, stuff. Uh, So we need to have the certificate uh, with the key and with the the private key and with the certificate files, and then with the uh, cell management tool We can quickly import the certificates to our VCD, which is really quick improvement or a cool improvement because we don't need to create the Java key store anymore. So the Java stuff more and more moves out from VCD as well. So I think that's that's
0: definitely great news and um, that's going to help uh, people at least make that a bit easier, especially as the Java key tool is no longer um, um, the, the the standard tool um, as we as we head into the to the network section a bit um, one of the changes and it's actually just a small side note but Romain, maybe you can point out why this is actually an important one is. Uh, We have more AV versions, or NSX Advanced Load Balancer. I'm I'm still not sure if we are going to call it out now the AV versions, or the NSXT Advanced Load Balancer, or the NSX Advanced Load Balancer. But at least we have more versions to choose from.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. So the official name is NSX Advanced Load Balancer. But most people are still using AV because, uh, well, it's the AV product, AV Vantage. Um, so yeah, with vcd ten two we introduced support for uh, RV21.1 uh, to do load balancing as a service for ns virtual data centers. And the, the main consideration um, that we, and the main feedback that we got is that with RV21.1, with NSXT Cloud in the RV configuration, you cannot decide in the UI uh, how to, where to place the service engines so the data plane element. And 21.3 and 21.4 supports that. Um, so that that's that why we added those versions.
0: Good, so that's, and I think the, the entering of the, um, the smaller license package or something like that, something like that was fixed in, in three or four as well, isn't it? So
2: until until AV21.2, it was a, a HONOR based license mode. And 21.3 is starting to enforce actual licensing on the RV controller.
0: And I think that's at least the feedback I got from providers is is very often they uh, prefer if there is real license enforcement, because that reduces the risk of any any surprises (laughs) down the road. Speaking about networking, well, before we go into um, some of the bigger changes, actually, um, we also have um, NSX IPv6 support in the GUI. I'm not sure, Romaine, Toby, um, who of you can actually uh, talk to that a bit more in, in, in what's there. I think it was API driven only before. So we had the check mark for, hey, it's supported, but it was more or less, it's like, yeah, supported, but you had to actually issue API calls to even create a firewall rule or something like that so is everything working now or is it just in specific features.
1: What I have seen until now, so this is something I, I played a little bit around with with IP uh, v6 in, in vcd what I see until right now is we have the full dual stack support. But I don't have seen yet uh, also here uh, since time is sometimes <laughs> a little bit less. I don't think that we have right now the full support to go with IPv6 only. This is still only possible to co- uh, be configurable via the API, but uh, the full dual stack is already there. Okay. So that's that's great
0: news. Um, the other thing is, um, and potentially uh, one of you can can talk to that, or Matthias can join in for that part as well. Is we finally have the vApp edges back? I thought they will never come back, but it sounds like they are back. Does this mean we can uh, we also, from a migration toolkit perspective, can convert already, or is it? Uh, is it is is it just the feature set now and then uh, the next version of the migration kit will also allow us to migrate uh, vf
3: edges? Being honest, I haven't looked into that one. <laughs> <laughs> I just so, read the, the headline so... um which is awesome, but I would love to pass on that question <laughs> to Romain. <laughs> yeah
2: um, so. Okay, it's, uh, and surprisingly, it was a feature that was uh, that a lot of people waited for. And, uh, but based on the first assessment reports that we got from the assessment tool, not that many providers use uh, VR edges, <laughs> so that's strange. So, and that's that on like on a couple of assessment reports. That's uh, almost on a hundred assessment reports, which like is um, thousands and thousands of all VDCs. Um, but still, uh, we actually had to wait a bit for the app edges because um, we had to take the NSBU because we are actually doing something that NSXT was not initially, That they have not designed NSXT for that. So the v-app edge, when you connect a v-app network to an org UDC network, uh, a new T1 gateway is instantiated, but that one is standalone. So it's not connected to a T0 gateway or to a VRF gateway. And we use the concept of service interface. So that's the new name for the centralized service port, the CSP that we had before. And so we connect like some kind of a headless T1 gateway to the overlay or VDC network, which is then connected to the T1, the regular T1, the edge gateway, and then to the external network, the T0, or the um, VRF gateway. And uh, they have done a good job because it's um, the same API and the same UI for VR edges. The usage for that,
4: Romain, um, you mentioned that it's uh, not that heavily used in service provider context. Um, well, VR edges is one of the main features, I think, that is used in um, enterprise VCD use cases. So mm. when enterprise customers that are using VCD, um, Came from lab manager, for example, or even within our own OneCloud cloud or hands-on labs environments, where you have um, V apps that are um, representing like an environment that you want to clone over and over again, and then the V app edge like the um, yeah the, the um, endpoint how this uh, V app internal uh, network is connected to the uh, to the outside. So that was a heavily um, yeah a awaited uh, feature indeed, and. Yeah. Um, pretty happy to hear that um, it is sort of uh, fully functional from uh, um, the user experience perspective, even with UI um, and API. And since the APIs are actually the same as for the uh, org edges, there's not a lot of development effort if you want to um, use them as part of your automation. So that's one thing uh, for these VM edges as well, Um, when you have these app constructs in VCD and you clone them over and over again, that is typically something that is not triggered by a human user directly, but that is being deployed as part of a continuous integration, continuous deployment pipeline in a software development environment, or you have some Terraform um, yeah, definition and use Terraform to uh, deploy that. And so it's very helpful to have the APIs consistent, so we can expect pretty soon support in the Terraform provider, for example, as well for that.
0: Mm-hmm. That that would have been my next question. Is, is the Terraform 3.3 going to support that already? Or is that going to be then the next release, most likely? That's on the, uh, on the roadmap for the next release. Okay. For the
4: Terraform provider, by the way, since it's an open source uh, project, of course, you always can check the, uh, the GitHub pages and the Terraform Team, um, or the engineering team within VMware uh, that uh, maintains mainly the uh, Terraform code, they um, are very open to um, publish all well, the land roadmap and discuss the roadmap in the GitHub issue section on, on the Terraform. I always worth to have a look at that. And if you need the functionality, of course, chime into the um, discussion and open an um, issue in the GitHub page.
0: Yeah, I think especially, as you said, the, the VF Edge feature, I know that it's discussed very often, has been discussed very often, and, and we internally have the same use case, similar to one cloud, what VMware has. We have our own cloud within Comdivision where we where we provision exactly or similar things uh, with a few thousand VMs every weekend over it. So um, we have exactly that same use case, which was one of the reasons why we couldn't move from b to t Hall has it, uh, um, the VMware Cloud has it. So there are a few. And I was actually in a call with um, an, a North American uh, university the other day, I think two weeks ago. And we had exactly the same use case because they use that for IT training. And so based on that, that is one of the scenarios. And and back then I had to say it's like, yes, we have the feature set, but I'm not yet sure if, if and how we are going to convert it um but that's that's good to know so so we need to to look into how we how we do migrations and stuff like that around that the biggest or not the biggest feature but I, I think one of the more important features to cover as well is that even though 10.2 had the distributed firewall for n16 uh we now have a distributed firewall which is at least um a bit Yeah, I mean, it was useful technically before, because you could create rules based on IP sets. But IP set-based rules were always a bit of a challenge, because especially when you want to build micro-segmentation, you're really not in the game of actually building rule sets based on IP addresses in the first place. So uh, we now have, as far as I remember, we have the opportunity to do, uh, tech-based, and we can do this name-based. So at least we can do something based on the name and tech of the individual machines. Um, but what I think what's important to note for everybody, if you are going to look into one of these features, is that um, actually the tags we are going to use here are VCD-specific. But as far as I understood, Toby, you did some research are going to be represented down to N6T then as well. So you would see them down there as well. And
1: have it's them. really, really an amazing stuff, especially for service providers, uh, because yes, the tenant now can create his tags directly inside vCloud director, but the tags are going to be replicated to n 6 So uh, especially from troubleshooting perspective and so on. If you know the tag, uh, if you know the customer, yeah, okay. Hopefully, you'll be able to uh, bring in these two uh, informations. Then you can absolutely directly look in your NSX environment for troubleshooting uh, if really the tag is applied on the VM and so on and so on. So this is this is nothing where we say okay, we do some stuff inside vCloud Direct, and then some generic tags will be handed over to uh, NSX. It is the same tag, but uh, with some additional information. This is this is something, some stuff which is running under the hood, where um, if the customer grades uh, the, the tag, then the tag gets uh, uh, instantiated inside NSXT, but also with the scope of the of the tenant. So there is some 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 matching, uh, some matching capabilities in the background, uh, but uh, from from NSXT perspective. We really see all of the stuff, also the firewall rules uh, which we now can create inside the distributed firewall section. Um, Also the firewall rules are really handed over to NSX-T and uh, we can easily match the firewall name from from VCD to NSX-T and so we can really do an easy troubleshooting because we have the clear name on both worlds, so this is really amazing.
0: So um, I think that's 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 good to know, and and we played around with that that part already quite a bit, and uh, plan to potentially also do a few at least blog posts or videos on on these feature sets because I think this this now finally makes the mm-hmm. uh, DFW fully usable. One of the questions we had discussing this with the service provider the other day already is. Um, is there an easy way, and this is more going towards those who potentially know Terraform and, and some of the other stuff as well. Is there an easy way to actually um, have something like a standard rule set, which a service provider could build, and then actually copy that over into into other tenants via Terraform or something else? I know Matthias is going to cry out orchestrator in the first place. but. Um, <laughs> I, I know that firewall rules and orchestrators were were not necessarily always the best friends in the first place. York, do you have any insights, or or Danielle, who showed up, uh, um, and actually we can make it his problem now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> York, no, any any ideas is there, or is there any, have has anyone heard? Is, because. This, this was an immediate more or less an immediate question we, when we got us into into the story is like here and now you can actually build this for your tenants and everybody else and more or less an immediate question came is like yeah but um, I don't want to build this for every tenant individually then again so do we know if terraform is planning on anything or yeah so currently um, there's no support for
4: that yet in the terraform provider but um, the terraform team has that on their uh, roadmap to, support the distributed firewall um, rules as well as part so that you can have them as like infrastructure as code in the Terraform
0: descriptions. Yeah, because I think that that would be easy for, because in some cases the providers have some other security tools as well. And so, so feeding into a Terraform file or a Terraform descriptor then actually uh, would definitely make, uh, make sense to, to cover those, uh, those different bits and pieces. Good. Let, me, let me do a quick rundown on what we covered already so that Daniel has a cho- chance mm-hmm. to join in and actually present uh, whatever he thinks is, is a cool feature. So, we spoke quickly already about the, the, the Kubernetes uh, Tanzu enhancements. We spoke about the um, new certificate management of VCD. We spoke about the distributed firewall, as you obviously figured out uh, from the last discussion, VApp Edges. RV versions ipv6 support vro um, service library and terraform um, integrations with um, uh, the newest version, what else do you think is a great 10 or three feature which we didn't cover
3: yet. <laughs>
5: um. I think um, the you know the security thing um, and security handling and certificate handling that's going to catch a few people off guard and I actually wrote a blog post last week. Um, on that is there's this common appliance framework, platform framework that we're going on, VMware for all appliances going forward, where we adhere to um, industry security standards. So with this release, um, we have to verify and validate the host name of any infrastructure resource. And within this release, we remove the ability to disable that validation for NSX managers. So if you're upgrading from whatever version, you know, 10.2x or whatever it is to 10.3, and you do not, if your certificate from your NSX manager does not match the hostname validation either in its FQDN or in a subject alternate alternative name on that, a SAN name. It will fail, and this is probably not a big issue for production environments. I would, I would hope it's not. <laughs> a, I hope you're using certs in production. You know, good certs in production. But I've seen this come up a few times, and I ran into it personally, and then I investigated with engineering, and we had a long conversation on that. So I think it's something that we will be in this release. We remove the hosting validation for NSX Manager. You can still disable this for V centers, but in the next release, and this is gonna be in a hot patch too, it could be a minor release, we're gonna remove that ability. So start using good certs that match at least your where you're connecting to. So um, I think that's very important um, to talk about. So there is, there is one more thing, if I may,
2: the the NSXT FQDN in the NSXT Cloud configuration in RV needs to match the one defined in VCD. So if you do your workaround, Daniel, that you documented in the blog post, uh, where you change the FQDN in VCD to match the certificate SAM, well you have also to do it in the RV NSXT Cloud, but you cannot update the NSXT FQDN there. So it will not break anything until you start until you want to add a new cloud, but, but I mean it's potentially an issue later.
0: Okay, but that, that means in general that uh, people uh, so at the moment it's just validating that the names are correct, but this more or less gives a bit of a feeling that in the future, it might also do certificate validations in general. So um, I think it's it's finally the time where people need to learn how to change certificates on NSX, vCenters, and other bits. Yeah.
1: And and it depends because if you enable FIPS, for example, and also inside VCD, you can enable FIPS, then you need to have a matching certificate and also the trust must be uh, instantiated. So it is already there. It is only taking some until it really will be executed. So this is really something I plan to cover since ages, but we need to really now have a deeper look at all of the certificate stuff inside VMware product to point out how we can uh, change certificates for vCenter, ESXi and so on because this more and more becomes important, absolutely.
5: Yeah, and now we have the ability also to retrieve the certificate authority from the vCenter too, so that's another thing too. So if you're using a using a CA, you can import that into and trust that from a a certificate authority um, within your identity management system. So there's there's a lot of new changes um, in that aspect, but. This is, I think, an important concept that we need to make sure that people are aware of um, as looking to upgrade to 10.3 and later.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's overall. This is what we see in other products as well, and I'm still surprised. And I I I had these discussions um, on on several engagements lately, where where even service providers came it's like, why do why does our VCD need to have a public certificate? Where I mean, it's like, do we really need to have that discussion still? We have 2021. It's like. Uh, We shouldn't have this discussion in the first place anymore. And those were not the smallest service providers. That was the even more weird piece. I think the challenge overall is going to be in the long run on um, how are we going to maintain all of these certificates. Because uh, one larger provider, which I was dealing with uh, the other uh, other day, is um, their security team clearly came back as like, hey, it's not a problem to have certificates for every service. But just be aware that the maximum length we are giving out is 45 days. So um, that is then the other challenge you have, is, is you more or less are with 45 days in a scenario that you need to automate it. Which, on the he- other hand, is good that we have um, the new um, format and the new importer now for the certificates and the new appliances. Um, but I think this is going to be um, more and more of a challenge because as security people at the same point in time like we add certific- more and more certificates shorten the time windows continuously on, on how long certificates can actually play a role um, that's definitely um, an area which is going to be um, interesting the the other question which which um, I would say is uh, is interesting so I guess we have um, um, I, th- I saw that uh, cloud availability is also being updated already or or is, is at least um, is at least compatible with the new version, oh, I think it was updated isn't it.
5: So pretty sure it's ca- compatible. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I hope so. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, but we, we, not, we, will,
0: we will check before we launch this otherwise I put a different note somewhere. But um, yeah, I think it's it's compatible. But um, and and I think that's that's for most of the tools now. So it's not like like in the old VCD versions where sometimes you had a VCD release and then you had to wait longer. I think third party is going to take a while, as always. It's like until we have um, the backup vendors and everybody else um, up to date. But that's that's the usual procedure. Um, How do we look like with um, CDS, so with the hosted version of Cloud Director? Is that um, following along 10.3 already, or um, is that a bit behind everything? Do we know where we are on that one? Anyone or? um... Um, I think I'm not completely sure. I think um, when you deploy
4: new instances, you can select the current uh, GA release version of VCD. Um, however, I don't think that they have yet uh, um, available public uh, available upgrade for existing CDS instances towards 10.3. Okay. okay. So
5: it's
4: it's
0: still case by case.
5: Good. Uh, to go back to your cloud directory availability interoperability with VCD, it is available. 4.2 came out right before 10.3, I wanna say if I recall correctly. So we already, we had that QA and I just checked 4.2, um, covers everything um, from 10x to uh, anything 10x, so all the way back support to 10 10 on that support. So, so we're good there. Yeah,
0: I think anything before 10 is becoming a ch- more and more of a challenge with <laughs> the flash plugin, anyway. So, uh, yeah, but that again doesn't stop people from using it. We had that discussion already. Um, so, um, so that's that's good to know as well. Good anything else we have to cover on 10.3 i mean it was quite a long list of of features and and uh, and packages and i think it's that's that's really also clearly again showing to everybody is like um, and I still hear it from time to time, isn't VCD dead? No, it's not that. We have half-year releases, new features come out. It's like uh, it's not only in maintenance mode, because that was the other term which I heard, I think a couple of months back again. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's not that, but it's just maintained. It's like, no, there are new features coming out for it every every half a year or something like that. So it shouldn't, and, and not even that, even if we look at 10.2.2, uh, it had quite a few set, uh, quite a few network features. So even minor releases um, have from time to time new features. So that go- that's good to know. Um, anything else in regards to 10.3? Um, th- does anyone know already of any known issues, which use? I mean, <laughs> the ones which Daniel actually pointed out? Which we should warn people off. It's like no, not about why not to upgrade, but at least to avoid any pitfalls. I mean, that's that's the the good use case of a video cast or a podcast that we can warn people off actually not going to make the same mistake as others. So, um, anyone have any 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 ideas yet, except for the certificate issues, or not issues? It's an, it's a security improvement. It's not an uh-huh. issue. <laughs>
5: I'm going to be, I'm going to be limited on this one. <laughs> this, is, this is posted in the public forum. Um, but there is one other thing that um, I'm in, in the vein of certificate management that I ran into. And um, we're going to add in uh, a KB article on this is on um, LDAP settings uh, for uh, upon upgrade. One of the things we checked is... If you are using a LDAP um, within your system profile or your organization, and we check your certificate management on that. If it doesn't validate, the upgrade will fail on that. So, and there is one issue that we identified where you could actually have the certificate in the profile, but turn off SSL on the LDAP configuration and it still persists uh, the SSL configuration. So um, that will be uh, rectified um, in, a, um, in a, a, a future patch, but <laughs> it's an easy workaround, so.
0: And but it's it's, it's surprising. I had especially around LDAP. Um, also, I still have discussions with service providers about them not being being able to turn on LDAP S. Where it's like it's like you need to you know really that you are transferring some interesting stuff here in an unencrypted form if you don't turn this on.
5: Yeah, and again, it's about certificate handling and verifying the host name, right? So just be prepared. You know, I think it's, it warrants a conversation to understand what are you using from authentication? And again, I, I see it kind of, I hate to say corner case, but if you're using clear text LDAC calls, right? Um, I'm sure it's just in a lab, I would hope. So, <laughs> um, you know, but uh, here we are.
0: Uh, it one would more be thing: good If we could clearly say it's just lab environments, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I heard so many stories about that this is the most secure network interface behind it, and that there is absolutely nothing to worry about. It's like really okay, but anyways. So um, there's one
4: more thing that is uh, clearly documented in the release notes. So you are all aware because you all read the release notes before. Sure. Again, right. Um, when it comes to the Tanzu Kubernetes Script um, integration there's some incompatibility with um, vCenter 7 update 2A and 2B um, with existing environments. So just make sure again to read the release notes and check the compatibility metrics um, before upgrading any component that is somehow uh, part of your cloud offering.
0: But people would never upgrade without reading release notes and checking the top metrics. That never happens, uh, not even <laughs> in a lab environment. Uh,
5: anyway, yeah, I, I, in that same vein, as York said, I would, if you're running TKG, don't upgrade to seven zero two right now for v center and vSphere. So, yeah,
0: it's there are still a few surprises. However, this cloud Tenzo stuff is interesting. So I was running a class a few a few days ago and. The beauty of cloud is that it instantaneously changes, but the bad part is if you have a lab guide written for 15 people and which worked fine on Friday and on Monday morning you start a class and all of a sudden nothing nothing is where it was before again. So that's the beauty part of the cloud, but not actually with Cloud Director. Good, so as we are hitting the head of the time, um, let's start with a round of closing words and celebrating 10.3, I would say. It's like, it sounds like we don't have any major issues, except that stuff which we should have cleaned out already, anyhow, on our certificates, etc. Um, but I think we see a lot of uh, a lot of uh, progress and everything else. Um, Romain, any closing words on why you think, from a networking perspective, people should actually upgrade to ten point three and not wait for it anymore?
2: Um, well, you have the obvious elephant in the room, right dynamic groups with distributed firewall and edge firewall, uh, via edge, um, RV support, but they also added a lot of small enhancements that makes the UI less confusing. So you can now assign primary IP for the gateways. Um, you can have UI configuration for IPv6. You can define the, the, the edge cluster for services. There, there are a lot of small enhancements, which all of them combined makes the the, the the, the usage of the product easier for service providers
0: you don't don't steal the thunder from everyone you you barely left any features for everybody else <laughs> uh jörg what's your uh reason why why you think uh 10.3 upgrade should be applied
4: yeah of course if you are using vro um you got the full uh, functionality of the input presentation uh, back and also don't uh skip all the small notes in the release notes, there have been a lot of um, smaller improvements to the UI that we haven't really discussed here because um, it's hard to discuss on a podcast about UI features. (laughs) But you can do, for example, customizable um, keyboard um, shortcuts in the tenant portal and some improved quick search and global search. So these are small features, but they are, when you get used to use them, um, they allow you to pretty efficiently navigate through the Cloud Director portal.
0: Good, good point. Um, Daniel?
5: I mean, it's a dot release, but there's I mean, a lot of significant new functionality um, released and brought in here. I, you know, Again, to commend on the user interface and user experience team, they've really added in um, really abbreviated things. I've noticed a performance improvement on the Clarity interface, too. So I know that they're always optimizing that going forward. So it's, definitely check it out
0: good so so that means you finally and un- you you completely understood how the versioning of cloud director works as you said this is just a dot release because since five point six, maybe we should do another session on, on how the version numbering of ECD actually worked from five five to ten three there were a few weird stamps in between i would say <laughs> but uh anyhow so, what are you talking about
5: we flip a coin and we like just you know guess a number of what we're going to increment up to right is that that's how we do it right you work guess <laughs> Guess work with product management and say what well, sounds good
1: yeah. toby what what would you put on the list yeah as as mentioned before uh, and also as mentioned by daniel uh people should start to think about all of the ssl stuff because it more and more becomes important as we have seen if the, the certificate name is not matching For NSX, you really run into an issue, uh, which is fine by default because uh, VMware really shouted out often enough nowadays that, hey, guys, please start to use uh, certificates. Sometimes they are a little bit heavy to install, but okay, uh, this is something you need to do. Uh, Lots of improvement related to the distributed firewall, which are really cool, and especially what I'm really impressed, still I'm really impressed, is how easy troubleshooting can be uh, related to vCloud Director and distributed firewall, with handing over all of the necessary information. Good, Matthias.
3: I know certificates is yeah. high on this list. Yeah, yeah, certificates is top notch on my list. Um, I I would say, guys, check check on your on your workflows and all the automation you did, either VRO or Parsula, whatever, and verify the rest. API authentication mechanism and make sure to change the JWT and the authorization header mechanism instead of using the old session-based one, just to make sure that your calls work in the future.
0: Good. I think that's a good summary. Uh, It was a great uh, feature list. We are still looking for topics for one of the next sessions. We uh, have a few items we are going to cover. Potentially, we are going to talk about availability or one of the other big features, or we might um, actually ask someone from the Terraform team to join us um, at one of the next calls or something else. So there is still a lot of topics, but you can influence uh, which topics we cover next. Write us um, either on Twitter or any of the other social media platforms. don't forget to subscribe to either the podcast or the video stream on youtube or if you have any questions um same way as always and with that being said um everybody wish you a next wonderful month and talk to you all again in one month's time have a good one bye Hey. bye bye bye